Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have the triumphant return of Dr. Ben Ramos. He is the owner of Flow Force Rehab in San Diego, California. He gave me a chance to clear some thoughts about business and how to market for your business. And he also gave me a chance to think out loud with some thoughts that I was having about fascia. All right, and without further ado, Dr. Ben Ramos. Got, a, got away for a little bit. My buddy was getting married up there in Oregon, and uh, my parents lived there, and just a good reason to get out of town for a little bit. Yeah, I hear you. So uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on is because we share a book now, and so you're like, read this book, and I'm like, okay, and then I'm like, read this book, and you're like, okay, so we're reading a lot of the same stuff, and I, I, um, you know, a lot of it is like psychology stuff and then like mindset stuff and then business stuff. So I wanted to kind of jump into that and see how you kind of integrate it into your life and into your practice. Oh, right on. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> like one of the ones, so I kind of want to dive into the business stuff first because that's kind of the, the stuff that I'm personally having a hard time with, like the, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and the Grant Cardones and, you know, all these different people. I get the, like, the mindset stuff, like uh, Grant Cardone talking about, um, you know, you have to be sold on yourself in order to sell your product, and you have to be sold on that product in order to sell that product. And, you know, being committed is another thing that he talks about. And, like, a lot of the stuff that uh, resonates with me with, like, Gary Vaynerchuk stuff is just, like, um, you know, not hesitating and just getting after it. Like, no matter what it is, no, nothing's ever going to be perfect. You just need to start, right? So um, just kind of trying to figure that stuff out. Um, so how do you um, integrate a lot of that stuff into your business? Well, I would I would definitely say that it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and, and to be honest with you, I'm still trying to figure that out. Uh, right. and, and I think it really... This is one of those. This is one of those good moments where you get to use the universal answer, and and it depends. Um, yeah. Another reason I say that is because so many people are going to get different things to, or, um, out of each book. Different different portions of each book, I think, are going to speak to everybody differently. And then, I mean, you'll see that every time you reread something, right? It's like right. it's almost like reading a different book <laughs> in a lot of cases, yeah. depending on where you're at in life and where you're at. But, um, you know. As far as integrating into like business, um, I would say that just just trying to take the core principles of, of what you're well first reading something that's relevant is going to be pretty important. Uh, not yeah. that it always has to be because 
you'll be reading something that's about that, that you don't think it's a business book and get some kind of a great revelation out of it and and it'll apply. But reading something that's relevant and that you're trying to 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 get something out of, and I think that comes yeah. back to just um like the idea of having deliberate practice, right? Yeah. So you don't open if you're opening random business books just to get random pieces of business ideas, then you're going to get random results as you try to integrate it into your, what you're doing, you know. Um, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm not at a position where I can uh, liberally just, uh, you know, willy-nilly my way through um, books and implementation <laughs> so much. Yeah. Uh, I still have a laundry list of things I need to do to, uh, in my business to get everything in order to get where I want to be. So I try right. to be a little bit more deliberate in how I listen to things. Um, whether it's audiobooks or 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 how I absorb that information um, right. and integrate it uh, all together, and I think you 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 mentioned earlier about how like a lot of this stuff that we're we've been going over lately is personal development and um, yeah and psychology and business stuff, but I mean as anyone who gets involved in business realizes that a a lot of it as far as like you know especially being on the front lines of your business, not just being in the back room. Um, a lot of it, it comes down to the uh, interacting with people and being better at interacting with people and gaining trust and all that stuff. And so when yeah. I read psychology books, I mean, I read it like not only to make my or, or personal growth books, not only to make myself better, but to make myself better in, in such a way that it can help me serve my customers and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause to, cause, uh, I've been learning a lot of lessons in uh, 2018, and one of them is communication. And so I feel like the more ammunition you have for communication, the better at communication you are. So, you know, that's why I read like, the psychology books or the self-help book or, you know, just whatever, because there are sometimes, um, and I think we talked about this in the Lost Pad podcast you were on, where there's sometimes where people just need to come in and talk to you to figure shit out. You know what I mean? <laughs> or yeah. I think that um, there's, times like where you know i'll call people just to think that last so i can kind of figure out what my own thoughts are because sometimes they're all just kind of jumbled up in there and so um i think it's really important to you know a talk to people about this but then b learn how to talk to people especially in um the business that we're in like that's what people need and to you know, be able to clearly articulate what your mission is with them. Absolutely. It, 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 and I think it, it, a lot of it comes back to that, you know, like especially in, 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 in jobs where um, like we're in where we want to be as technical as possible. You can get really caught up in the details of yourself and what you're trying to do and and how you approach, you know, whether it's a patient or a client or, or how you're approaching things overall. We can get really caught up in those details, but, um, but I mean, humans are difficult. So yeah. we have to be able to navigate that, navigate that in such a way that's, um, that's going to be productive. Um, because I mean, it just comes back to that, that's, that's the same old saying that like, nobody cares how much you know, unless they know how much you care, you know? Right. And, and you could, you can literally suck at what you do, but if you can connect with somebody well, then they'll, they, you know, they can get better. You know, they have, they have to be thought in, they have to be, um, you know, connected with you 
in order for, you know, to get the maximum benefit from your treatment or, you know, the relationship in general. So, and, and if you right. don't have that connection, are they going to stay? More than likely not. So. Right. And so then, uh, if you're able to connect with people and you're good at you, that's what a, that's like a double whammy, right? So, um, I kind of want to go back down towards the, the business path. So do you actively advertise for your business or are you similar to me where it's just kind of word of mouth? Mm. I do, I do actively advertise my business. Uh, I'm starting to get to a point where I'm doing more of that. Um, yeah. But I mean, my my business is still relatively young. I I don't even hit the two year mark until um, November first. Oh, so wow. yeah, yeah. Because I look at you like <laughs> you've been doing this for like ten years. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> I know, but that's that's how you present yourself, and that's how I see you. And you're like, <laughs> and so you know, I really look up to you and everything that you do. So it's just really motivating. And you're like, oh, I'm only two years in. I'm like, dang, we're saying these. <laughs> so appreciate that man yeah it really helps to um you know have a mentor towards yourself that's like in the same you know path as you and in the same kind of spot yeah. so we, uh like we talked about when we were having dinner um while i was out there it's it's really easy to look at you know the, the, the dr perry nicholson's and the dr philip snell's and you know, the Michael Shacklocks and be like, and they are so smart. Like, how did they even get there? It doesn't even make any sense. But then, you know, like, uh, that's where I take a lot of the advice from Gary Vaynerchuk where he says, hey, man, you're early, and you need to realize that you're early in this whole entire process and the, that patience is the key to get to where you want to go. Right. Yeah, I mean – it's the when it comes to advertising and stuff like that. I mean, I think it's a, it depends on what stage you're at in the game and and, and how you're approaching it. You know, um, right. I've, I've been pretty obsessive over studying business, marketing, and sales and all that stuff. Um, right. In the beginning, I was really harping after the digital stuff, um, yeah. which was great. But the more you learn about it, the more you realize that that is not a uh, that is not so much of a um, of a buy now pay now type of uh, endeavor. That's like a you're building a relationship via the internet or content or whatever you're doing it's not right. you know it's not the same as getting a referral <laughs> that, right. that's for damn sure you know you yeah. get a referral from somebody that's a trusted source um right. they come in like already bought into to, to the to everything and they already have social proof of people in person that they trust so you right. kind of have like pre-established trust whereas online you're trying to like over time build and establish trust um and so in the beginning, I was a little bit more obsessive with trying to build that online content type marketing strategy because essentially that's what everybody's selling to you. Um, right. And so that's what they're making you think that that's the most effective. But uh, which, it, which I mean, it is effective. But right. to me, for a new practitioner, um, getting in front of people uh, was definitely the most fruitful way of, right. of building my practice in the beginning. And, 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 and you know, you got to get people inside the door today and tomorrow right. – so you can pay your rent at the end of the week. Like, right. <laughs> about starting your own business and why a lot of people are really scared of that is because, you know, for a while you're just going to eat shit and get dragged through the rocks and you're going to be like, well, I guess, you know, skimping on this this week or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's just kind of a high level of stress until you kind of even out a little bit. Because um, 
you know, I'm kind of, I'm quickly approaching four years in business and I'm finally getting to the point where I'm really steady instead of having these huge ebbs and flows where, you know, I have like three or four months where I'm really busy and super comfortable. And then I have like two or three weeks where I hardly have anybody. And I'm like, oh shit, how am I going to do this? And then, you know, but I, I have to keep reminding myself that I always get what I need. And when I keep reminding myself that, then everybody comes kind of at the last second and I'm able to pay rent. You know what I mean? But that, that two or three weeks is, is really stressful. You know, because they're like, oh great. Here it goes, you know, here it goes. Well, so, that's all the magic happens though, right? Yeah, because that's where... The work will get done when you're hungry. Right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, the, and, you know, the, the Gary really promotes the, uh, the online marketing right now because, and it is true, that's where a lot of people's attention is. But mm-hmm. you have to really put in a lot of work for it. And so... Um, all of the advertising that I've tried so far, like the only way that I can really truly describe what I do is that I fix the dysfunction that's causing your pain. And so I think, and every time I try to put that out as an advertisement, whatever my message is, it has the word dysfunction in there. And I think that that gets flagged as something that somebody somewhere could possibly be offended by. Because, you know, nobody wants to be dysfunctional, right? So then now I have to, like, try and figure out, like, what my narrative is and how to get people to kind of pay attention to what I'm trying to do. Right. Well, let me ask you this question. How many classes have you taken on Facebook advertising? Huh? Uh, Sorry, you broke up there. Okay. So I haven't taken any. Oh, okay. So... So what makes you think that you'd be able to get online, pull turkey, and make a successful advertising campaign on Facebook without having any prior knowledge of what's the best way of going about doing it? Right. That's no the thing. And so that's that's where and that's where that's where Facebook gets you. That's where Instagram gets you. It's like it's so easy to build a campaign, but understanding right. just core principles of marketing and advertising is is essential, right? Like you would never expect somebody to come in and try to do your job without any experience, right? Right. Um, and so it's it's but but at the same time, all you got to do is click that one button that says boost post, and there you go. They'll start taking your money for it, right? Right. Um. So I think I mean, and that's big. One of the big reasons that I've tried to tried to really hone in an understanding of selling and marketing is and, and and psychology in relation to business is because. Man, there's so much to learn. <laughs> there, there's yeah. so much to learn in that regard. Like, um, I mean, we can get really into. I mean, I'm no expert on this subject by any means whatsoever, but I've been obsessed right. with it for you know, you know, coming on yeah. two years now. Um, right. And 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 the thing is, is that we're being sold marketing as business owners. Right. You know, we're being sold yeah. marketing. We're being sold what is the right way to market. And it's easy to spend money. Right. So easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way too easy. So that's my problem like with Amazon right, right now. Somebody's like click okay, and then boost his post boosted. I don't even right. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Right. But but and then and then and then how many and and this is the other one like where I've learned the most from like I've read a bunch of books on it, I've taken a bunch of courses on it is talking to people that aren't trying to sell me something 
like yeah. just actually networking with very successful business owners and asking them what has or what hasn't worked for them or what do they think this that and that's where you're really getting through the weeds of it, man. Um, right. I think, and and I'm by, I'm by no means great at this, <laughs> right. um, but I mean I still I, I get I still get um, new patients from from social media advertising every month. But right. that also comes with its own issues. You know, I think we talked about that before, too. Like, you may get new people coming in from social media, which, and, and, and you know, they, uh, um, it depends on how aggressive you're doing or whatever, but they may not be the person that you want in your office. Right. And that's a big problem I had <laughs> when I first started doing a lot of it is that, I mean, obviously they still are able to pay me and stuff like that, but it's just not as fulfilling some people, you know, you got to turn away. It's like, hey, you know what? You're not right for what we have going on here. Like, you know. Right. And so so that, understanding yeah. how to honing that in and getting the right people in your office is a huge part of it. Um, right. That's often overlooked and difficult to do. On the, so the culture that you're trying to create, right? Because you, because I love my job, and so if you're getting referrals from people, and it's all word of mouth referrals, then you're obviously getting like-minded people because the people that you're working on are hanging out with people that they like, right? They don't just be like, hey, you need to go get fixed by this guy even though I hate you, right? So that's not how it works. So then that's slowly over time how you start to build this culture to where you actually love your job because if you start to have a bunch of people that are coming in that you don't really want to work on but they're paying you money but then you don't really want to be around them, then you're just like, ah, shit, I have this person and this person today and then you don't like your job all of a sudden anymore. Right. Right. And so, so that's one of the best parts about being self-employed and doing what you want to do is that you love what you do. And you can't love what you do if you just work on everybody. You have to be specific to what you want. Totally, totally. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So you mentioned something earlier about just getting in front of people. So what did you mean by that? Because well, this is how I sum it up for new practitioners and people that I talk about. This is essentially what... The most simple way that I can describe it, um, getting in front of people and meeting people in person, yeah. you know, like having a personal interaction, that's now money, right? Right. That's paying the bills this month. That's the stuff that can turn into sales way faster, right? right. Um, the And I hate to talk, I mean, we obviously are in, in a clinical profession. But when you talk about it from a business perspective, we're just using words. I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm just trying to sell people, you know, but we have to use yeah. this nomenclature in order to, you know, it's easier to get that across. But right. um, it is a business. We have to eat. So, um, the, yeah, yeah, so getting in front of people and talking to people and building actual personal relationships front face-to-face, that's now money. That's what I call now money. Um, right. you're, you're it's way easier to build trust face-to-face. Um and that's essentially what you need, you know, um, versus when you're doing things online, you have to, you know, everybody said you need a bunch of touch points in order to get somebody to make a purchasing decision or something like that. Well, you're essentially trying to build a relationship and build trust, and it just takes time. And then that's if your stuff is dialed in. So if you if your stuff isn't dialed in yet and you're still trying to build that relationship, well, you know, it's going to be a little bit harder. It's going to take a little bit longer to get to that person that you want to work with, that you want to see all the time, right, if you're not dialed in yet. So it's a process. So it's not something, I mean, I don't have it down, and I've been going at it, you know, pretty steadily for about a year and a half, but I'm getting better at it, you know. It's just like anything else you got to practice. But, I mean, if you got, you've got somebody um, 
with that that referred them to you like okay they they trust this person they've given them social validation they've they've also like talked you up already i mean those people are are going to be ready to book those are the people that call you and they don't like you, they you, they call you you ask them what's going on this 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 and they kind of cut you off you're like yeah i just want to make an appointment yeah. and you're like okay so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the i think what the uh, confusion that I have in my head is that the the return on investment for the online advertising, because mm-hmm. you know, like you're so. What I'm hearing you say is that you know, if you start doing these these campaigns for one or two months and then one doesn't work and then you tweak it a little bit and then you know you might get like three or four people out of that, whereas the return on um, investment of just going out and talking to people is much higher. It depends. Like, yeah. I, I agree in the beginning because you need people now, right? You're right. not you're not sitting there developing and fostering a relationship over time. You, you need people now, especially when you're starting. Um, um, and and yes, like you know, online advertising depends on what business you're talking about. It it, it it totally works, and some people have it very much so dialed in. You know, correct. Um, yeah. So your ROI can be a lot higher um, doing online because you can get out to more people. Yeah. Um, but for somebody just starting out, I feel like actually getting in front of people and developing relationships with human beings that doesn't mean you have to go do a bunch of talks. Um, yeah. I mean, those work; those are good. That doesn't mean you have to go do um, networking groups when you're only talking to other professionals. Like those are cool too. But I mean, just being more social and being out and in front of more people and developing actual human relationships to me has just been was was definitely the easiest in the beginning. At least to get off your feet, uh, get onto your feet, and and and, and you know uh, keep things going. But the and then and then obviously. Uh, Managing those relationships and, and and nurturing those relationships over time, so you're not just building relationships, getting referrals, and, and send them on your way. You're you're nurturing the people that are currently your 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 patients, your clients, and and uh, making sure that they're happy and keeping top of mind to them. You know, it's probably another one of the easiest ways to keep people coming in. But right. I mean, so, if if somebody has a, a online social media thing dialed in, I mean. I know people that are killing it, <laughs> right? That are like crushing it and spending a lot less um, FaceTime than uh, than many of us others are, uh, you know, in getting it going. So I'm I'm not the right person to answer that question properly. I don't think, but I can yeah. tell you right now that it it really just depends like where you're at in the game and what you're doing. But I can guarantee you that anybody that sells online marketing is going to tell you that the online marketing is the be all end all. But if you talk to people who have been in the game for a while that are very successful, um, that have multiple practices, and that you know are 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 hitting big numbers, and and then they're involved in everything, and have essentially turned into only business owners, even back from the practice, right. they'll tell you getting in front of people is what you have to do in the beginning. Um, right. You know. So. And so I think it all greatly depends on what your goals are, because I think that uh, the. And I've had this conversation with a few people before. There's, you have, your time is very finite, right? So, like, and so is the effort that you can put in. So, like, mm-hmm. they have to kind of reevaluate what your terms of success mean, right? Like, right. with especially with the, the 
our chosen professions, like there's how successful do you really want to be? Because like how, so for instance, and I asked you this in our last one, but how long is a typical session with you? One hour. One hour. Okay. So yeah. I'm about, I'm half hour for most people and then an hour for the outliers. And mm-hmm. so, you know, how many do you want to do a day? Right. So like, right. because my, my dad's been a massage therapist for 20 years and he does eight massages a day, like four to five days a week. But then, you know, he's sleeping, <laughs> but then he's like sleeping during his lunch hour and, you know, just like grinding through it. And I'm just like, man, so is he successful or is it better to do like four or five a day and then have time with your family and your kids and your dogs or whatever? You know what I mean? So then, because like right now I'm like super obsessed with learning stuff. And I like, so at that point, like when do you read? Like, or when do you listen to podcasts or when do you listen to your audio book or when do you, you know, watch your videos because you're just working all the damn time. So then it's kind of like, is there a balance in the middle or do you just kind of have to adjust your lifestyle or do you figure out like a, some kind of online course for people to like self-correct themselves like, uh, you know, Dr. Phil Snell has or like, how does that work? <laughs> when you figure that out, you let me know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. I think it all comes down to, I mean, I don't know exactly. I'm still trying to figure that out myself, you know. And that's the topic of most, a lot of the stuff that I read, you know, is, is, is balancing all that stuff. But I mean, I think it, I mean, man, and it, it, what it really comes down to is coming back to your values and what you value and what it is that you want. And what it is that you want isn't, doesn't stop at a full schedule, right. you know. Like, and, yeah. and what's, what's your, what's your primary, like, what, what drives your happiness and what would make you happy? Like, what's your B end goal that you want right. to achieve, um, should drive everything, you know? And so, yeah. um, if, if, um, you know, you I mean, let's be realistic. If, if your number one goal is spending time with family and providing them with, with a satisfactory place to, uh, to live and support and all that stuff, like if that's your number one goal, um, then you'll probably be happy with with the majority of the ways that you can do that. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot of ways you can do that. So, um, and and you your know. your profession, I think, is is a lot more difficult because you know just being a massage therapist, it's, I'm known to you know, that's just a standard kind of thing for our practice is, you know, an hour per session, right? So but like the standard and typical practice that chiropractors have is a lot different than what you do, right? And yeah, so, it depends on who, yeah. you, who you're hanging around with, yeah. Right. And so, you know, but that's, it's, you're right, it depends on who we're hanging around with. Like I tend to gravitate towards people like you because we, you know, are all going down the kind of the same path, right? So, but you have this just you being a doctor of chiropractic, you could, if you wanted to make more money, go to the standard chiropractic model and just get five to ten people an hour. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you wanted to, because that's how chiropractic practice. Instead, I think that in, th- in, in theory, in theory, yeah. But then, <laughs> but just knowing you as a person, you want to give people quality quality work, mm-hmm. and you want them to get better. 
you don't want to see them two to three times a week indefinitely. Right. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say I, I'd say it differently. Um, yeah. Now, the fact of the matter is, is that the guys that see people very fast and that don't spend a lot of time with them, there's a subset of population out there that value that, and that's the kind of care they want. And right. those are the people that provide it to them. You know, um, so when I think of that, I mean, it, but that's not my game. That's not what, I, that's not what I want to do. That's not what I have. That's not what I feel is where I would excel at. And that's not me giving the best care that I possibly can give. Right. Um, so it's just different. Um, I think, you know, some people will think that that way is better from a patient perspective and from a clinician perspective. Um, okay. I mean, done correctly, it's certainly, um, uh, it's certainly a better business model. But um, I'll also say that, you know, nobody gets to a point where they're seeing 10 people an hour and 60, 70 people in a day by not providing people with a product or service that they value. Right. You know? So yeah. I think it still comes back to the same thing. Like, and, and, and you'll even notice that if you want to see somebody who's got a very systematized clinic or very systematized practice, whatever you want to call it, um, go to a high volume chiropractor's practice because right. those dudes are dialed in, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, they still make a ton of people happy every week. Um, right. and that's why I think that we can actually learn from those group of people, um, yeah. quite a bit because it's like, it's like we're in the same business. How can yeah. we provide somebody a service or a product that they value, you know, and that makes them happy, and then that makes them want to continue to use your service or whatnot. Uh, right. And those those guys got it. And it's the same thing, you know. So whether we're doing the short model, the short time model, the long model, we're all trying to accomplish that. But but you know, it's also uh, different strokes for different folks, you know. Um, yeah. Not everybody wants to do work, man. <laughs> yeah. Some people just want to show up and lay on your table and and have work done to them. And right. And those people, you know, it's their right to, to have those thoughts. And, and and you can talk to them about exercises all day if you wanted yeah. um, and weights and stuff like that. And they're going to be like, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> arguably there's more of those people than there is the people that want to come into your office and, and swing kettlebells. Maybe. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think stats on obesity are showing us that there's a little bit more of that. Yeah, we're trend, we're definitely trending in that direction. I think that there's other, you know, like obviously CrossFit's kind of a hot topic right now. People are really getting into that. Now there's Orange Theory. That's kind of a new thing that everybody's doing. So there's like people that are becoming more athletic, but for the most part, there's people that are just like, well, I just want you to fix me. I don't want to fix myself. And even right. even within, like, the athletic population of uh, people that I see, I'm like, hey, did you do your homework? They're like, nope. And you're like, okay. But right. you went, after the workout, you went and did, you know, 60 more snatches and 50 more pull-ups. <laughs> but you couldn't do this or that. Like, that's, you know, so, but that, that's what they choose to do, and you can't really control people's lives. It's just, I don't know. It's right. really interesting. I mean, so, if the cards are on the table. Yeah. You know, if the cards are on the table, they already know, you know, they already know where you stand. You, you try to communicate that the best you could. Um, you continue to try to communicate that to them the best you can. 
um, and you give them your best foot forward every single time, you give them, you give them your best every time, then, I mean, that's all you can do. And that's the other hard part, man. Like, um, I mean, we're in the business of, of being involved in, in people's, people's lives. And that's yeah. a big emotional load when you go home. So, right. I mean, so that's it's, a, it's, yeah, it's difficult. That's a, that's a challenge. That's another challenge is just trying to be on your A game as much as you possibly can. You know, right. that's a, and that's exhausting. You know what I mean? There's, so there's a reason why my fitness isn't as super awesome as it was four years ago. And that's because, you know, that you're, you have an energy exchange with these people. And sometimes you, you know, if you do like six or seven or eight people in a day, you're blown out. And then you don't want to be like, oh, okay. So like, especially in your case, like I'm going to go and do some jujitsu to strangle them right now. Probably not. I'm not really <laughs> into that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to. I train in the morning. Yeah, so I have to. I, tra- I, I train in the morning. I do all administrative tasks first thing in the morning. I I, yeah. I get my I get I get reading done in the morning. I do meditating. I do everything that I can possibly that I need to get done needs to get done before I do see patients. And then after right. I see patients, the only thing that gets after I see patients, the only thing I do is is chart notes, and then uh, I'm done. Like I I just I gave up on that. It just doesn't work for me, you know. And then it just yeah. piles up and. I just got more to do in the morning, so it's just that's just how that's how it goes for me now. Yeah, so that's uh that's something that I've been on the struggle bus trying to figure out is like what how do I train? When do I train? Like how do I read? How do I you know, do all this stuff? 'Cause uh, you know, on top of you know, being a massage therapist, I'm a CrossFit coach and a, a personal trainer also. So then you know, because I have to teach CrossFit classes, and then I go do, like, two clients, and then I have some, you know, people that come in that I train personally, and then I do a couple massages and teach more CrossFit classes and then go home. And so just try to find that that balance and get everything dialed in. Right. I mean, the, um, this is a good segue for the book that I'm actually reading now. <laughs> Uh, which is Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity by David Allen. What? Getting Things Done. I'm in. I'm looking it up. <laughs> yeah. So that, that is, I actually, I just, I just opened it and started, uh, I just started reading it okay. yeah, this morning. Um, but it's been on my, it's been on my queue for a while. I've had it for a second. But, yeah. um, but I mean, what you're just explaining, right? How do I get it all done? How do I organize? Well, you're working on that. Here's a book yeah. for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's the whole objective of this podcast, right? Is like talk about yeah. how we're going to implement this stuff like that. And that's currently how I read. I mean, I I read like that. I don't read like I and I didn't even start reading um, outside of an academic sense until I graduated from chiropractic school. Well, so I haven't really been in that, you know, in, in that realm for 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 that long, but I mean, I read with purpose just because yeah. of the time constraints. Um, I, I enjoy reading and I wish I had, like, so I just went on that little vacation I told you about. I got, I crushed three books when I was gone <laughs> right. because now I'm able to like read, um, recreationally. Like I enjoy it. Like, you know, um, but I mean, I think if you have a problem, then you look for an answer in some form of, you know, established knowledge. 
um, whether that's a, a blog, a course, or whatever like that, or in this case, a book, right? Right. And, you know, we talked about this before, too. We're just in the age of information where you're just like, how do I figure this shit out? And then you can Google it or whatever, and everything you need is right there. And this accumulation of knowledge that these people over decades is just available in a book or a course or whatever you need to take. Right. So, you know, like I said, uh, like well, like you said, I haven't read this business. Like I didn't, you know, and so now I think that part of it is, you know, I hated school and I hated learning, but mainly because it was a bunch of shit that I didn't care about. And so now I found this thing that I'm truly passionate about and that, you know, personally, I feel I could be truly exceptional at. And so, and now with my past with, like, uh, MMA and jiu-jitsu and, and CrossFit and whatever I was into, I realized that the work that you put in, you know, you get direct results out of that. You know what I mean? So if you half-ass it, you get half-ass results. But if you put in an exceptional amount of effort, then you get exceptional results out of that. And so, you know, then I start – um, listening to podcasts and I listened to this one uh, with uh, the Stop Chasing Pain podcast with Dr. Jack Cruz and he started talking about how detrimental blue light is to you so then I'm like well I'll read my Kindle books in the morning and then I'll read these actual books at night and then you're like hey audio books are cool and I'm like yeah audio books and so now I'm like essentially reading like three books at one time because I'm a freaking psycho you know what I mean it's like I don't know that's just how now I'm just like this kind of an information overload sometimes and then I just kind of give up and watch TV for like a week and then I'm ready to get back at it. You know what I mean? So, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where I was going with that, but I think, uh, you know, I took uh, Perry's uh, primal movement change uh, two weeks ago now and there was one point where he pulled up a book that he was reading but I got the whole entire Kindle list and he has like 10 or 11 books open at once and I'm just like, God, yeah. Hey, Suck, that man. Though, but I mean, let's be realistic. Yeah. He is a different kind of human. He is a different kind of human, that's for sure. But, so, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not that guy. Right. You know, I, I know people that do that. They switch around quite a bit between books to books. Like, if the pages stop flowing so much, they they keep turning them. Uh, yeah. or, 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 or excuse me, if pages stop flowing, they they just they just stop trying to force it and they switch it to another book. I don't think I'm there yet. I'm I'm in a process right now where I think, and I was, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Is is reading is not only just for me, like to gather the information of the book. For me, it's and the reason I like reading, actual like having my hand on a on a paper book is because it forces me to work on my concentration on only doing one thing right in that moment, right. and and the and and staying there. Right, staying right there, engaged in that one thing. Like if you got a paper book in your hand, there's nothing else that you could do with that thing. Right. No searching around. There's no. I mean, you can jot notes in it and stuff like that, or highlight. But you know, even with the Kindle, like there, there's other stuff you can do on a Kindle, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So for me, like, I think reading has really helped me to steady my mind. Like right. I, I, I try to, I've got, I've, I've, it's practice for me to keep focused on one thing and keep my mind from racing because otherwise you're not going to get anything out of it. You're just turning pages. But, um, so for me, I, I don't even, I don't, I don't skip around on books. Like yeah. I open one and, and that's what I'm reading until I finish it. Right. Um, maybe it's also, I'm stubborn, but yeah. 
I feel like I wouldn't get, I personally wouldn't get as much out of it if I were to be jumping around. Um, and I think maybe that that's more of a, I think, I, I think I would like to get there, but I, I feel like that's a little bit more advanced for me. Yeah. Like people that can skip around and still retain the, the, the context of the book as they continue to go through it. Um, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I just like get obsessed about things. So like when I wanted to, you know, back in 2000, my friend was like, Hey, look at this MMA stuff. I'm like, what is that? So then I had to dive in, figure out what it's about. Oh, it's all these different mixed martial arts, like there's all these different martial arts put together into one thing. Okay, cool. So who are the famous people? Cool. I'll follow them and I'll follow, watch these videos and I'll, read these books and I'll do this and that and then figure out everything that I possibly can about it and then, you know, do it myself. And then, you know, so it's just, I'm just always been a cycle like that. I just need to do everything that I possibly can in order to get what I need to out of it. And I think that uh, you bring up that point of concentration is really prevalent because, you know, I've had ADD my whole life and, you know, while you were saying that, I was thinking back to when I took that functional range conditioning course where Andrea Ospina was talking about meditating. And he said, if you tell me that you don't like meditating, what you're really saying is that you don't like concentrating. And if you don't like to concentrate, then you'll never get good at things. And I was just like, ah, you know, <laughs> damn it. So, like, that's so basically what we're doing is concentrating multiple times a day. And, you know, then that gets your thoughts clearer and more information comes in and you're not just so scatterbrained all the time. Right. Absolutely. And I, oh man, I forgot what I was reading, but people that uh, – it was a study that was done, but it showed that people that uh, that read books more often um, scored higher on some sort of empathy scale. Right. Right? And so by, by reading more often, you're also – you know, you're, you're able to see things from different views. Um, for different people's perspectives a lot better than if you were to just listen to the voice in your head. Um, right. <laughs> you know, and I think there's a whole bunch of truth to that, man, because when you are sitting there concentrating and looking at it and thinking about it, you're, you're in that moment and you're, and you're, and you're, you're, you're essentially immersing yourself in somebody else's thoughts. You know? Right. Um, and, and yeah. spe- speaking of being in the moment, then it's, you know, cause I've been having this come up in my life a lot too, where, you know, there's people that are overwhelmed by things. And so if you're overwhelmed, in my opinion, then that means that you're not focused because there's only so much shit that you can handle, right? So, you know, like, right, right. So, like, so like uh, you know, Navy SEALs don't think about, like, successful Navy SEALs don't think about Hell Week. They think about breakfast, and then they think about lunch, and then they think about dinner. You know what I mean? So, But it's the ones that are like, holy shit, I got five more days of this. They're the ones that quit. You know what I mean? And then I think and something I heard from somewhere um, where they're talking about, like, if you're having anxiety and depression, then you need to have a more panoramic view of your life and realize that you have everything you need, and you need to practice gratitude for having those things, you know what I mean? Because then you no longer, you need to be, so both of those are ways to be focused on the present moment. And I think if you're focused on the present moment, then you're focused on what you're doing, and then you're better at what you're doing because of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, being a Navy SEAL and, and, and diagnosing uh, psychological disorders are both out of my scope. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but, 
<laughs> I could I could see uh, I could I could absolutely you know see how um you know and, and anybody being a human being being able to focus on one thing is just so valuable you know right. um and I mean that's I, I would say that that's meditating regularly is probably the one I mean I've on and off tried for a while but the yeah. one biggest most beneficial thing I've done for my own personal health this year in 2018 yeah. is like consistently. Every single day, mostly, um, and but very consistently meditating. But for me, it's just been it's just been phenomenal. From from uh, you know, in, in my able to sleep, my ability to sleep better, uh, my focus, my concentration, all that stuff. So, I right. and, I, and I think people get it from different ways too. So I don't necessarily if somebody doesn't like meditating, they don't necessarily have to. Because right. what is it? It's focusing, it's being mindful, it's being present in that one moment, focusing on one thing. And right. all sorts of people are able to do that in, in many different ways. Right. What I think about meditation is, is a, uh, is a regret, is some sort of a, uh, lateralization or a regression to a, another exercise that would do the same thing. Right. So some people have lots of trouble being present when they're on the field or whatever like that, right? Meditation is, is, is taking them out of the squat rack and getting them on the floor so they can do something to just reacquaint themselves with the movement that they are more prepared for. So, right. so that's kind of the way I've been looking at it lately. Is it, 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 It's just training. Right. Um, and, and so it doesn't have to be, you don't have, it doesn't have to be formal meditation. I mean, I, I know a bunch of guys that do jiu-jitsu or that surf that like nothing else is going on when they're doing that. Um, but then, you know, um, for me, it's just been, it's been great practice and, and, uh, it's been great for my own self-improvement though. That's for sure. Right. And so, you know, like the, for me, meditating is, that's how I figure out problems. So that's kind of how, so everybody has their different forms. Some people focus on the breath. Some people focus on being present. Some people focus on being still. I focus on my shit. And so that's kind of a thing. <laughs> that's that's a thing that I learned from uh, uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Because you just uh, finished up with his book. Are you still in there for the, the audio book? I finished that audio book this morning. Yeah. So that's so mm-hmm. I heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, probably at the beginning of the year. And the shit that he said in that podcast was just revolutionary to me, where I literally was driving and pulled over and just sat in a parking lot and listened to the whole thing. And so, you know, he's talking about, like, um, a lot of these unconscious emotions and how the the archetypal hero story is these people that essentially are diving into themselves, figuring out their bullshit, and then, becoming the hero of their own story, you know, so, you know, like going into the cave and fighting the serpent, which is these unconscious emotions that you have suppressed and denied access to for so long that they're just finally coming out into whatever. And so that's what meditation is for me is I sit there and I'm like, okay, what's my fucking problem? And then I literally like have a conversation with myself, figure out what my problem is, and then unpack that. And then it no longer becomes a problem because you've analyzed it yourself and kind of gotten rid of it, right? So um, another thing that is is kind of unpacking emotions, which is really interesting too. So like because anger and embarrassment and anxiety are all 
very similar. So then just sitting there and being like, what is this emotion really? Is this really anger or is it anxiety or are you embarrassed because you made a mistake or what is this really? And then I kind of figure it out and then realize that it's not really that big of a deal. So that's kind of what I use uh, meditation for is just dealing with my own bullshit so that I don't have to deal with it later. Right on. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, and, you know, speaking about, like, uh, being in the moment, you know, I think that jujitsu is beautiful for that because you can't – if you are too focused on whatever or looking at this bigger picture or trying to get an arm bar or whatever it is, then you're going to get knee barred or choked out or whatever. And so, yeah. you know, I had – that's going to drip in your eye. Right. <laughs> and I had a, you know, I had a friend who was preparing for a tournament and he's like, he calls me up and he's like, Hey, can you help me with ankle picks? And I'm like, sure. When's your tournament? And he's like, tomorrow. And I'm like, you're not going to get good at it by tomorrow, dude. Like, and then he starts saying, well, what if the guy takes me down? And then, and what if he takes me down and then arm bars me? And then what if and I'm like, how about you drive down and weigh in first. How about that? Like, you don't even know mm. what this person is doing. Like, you don't even know you're fighting yet. You don't know any of this stuff. You haven't even weighed in. You don't even know what weight class you're in. Like, focus on what you're doing. And, you know, there's that. And then, you know, like Joe Rogan says, that's just high-level problem solving. And then the only way you can solve problems is if you're present. Yeah. Absolutely. Crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> but then... But you, uh, you know, speaking about like Navy SEALs, you're, you're up there as far, you're like you're brown belt, man. Like that's, you know, I don't, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a lifelong blue belt, bro. It's nowhere near Navy SEAL level by any means, but. Yeah. <laughs> no, not, but I mean, there's different levels of everything, right? So like, there's only a few people on earth that are Navy SEAL level, bro, but like that's yeah. because that's what they chose to be. Yeah. You know, like, and, that's uh it's it's that's a a thing that um me and my wife have been talking about quite a bit is you know because where i live there's two jiu-jitsu schools and the reason why there's two jiu-jitsu schools is because they used to be one and then they got in a fight with each other another two that's essentially what happened and you know i don't trust any of those people because they're uber competitive and have these huge egos and every time i try to roll with them they're like they're trying to kill each other instead of learning. And so I don't trust them, so I don't train with them. And so, you know, that's – we're very finite in resources because we have – we live in such a small place, you know, whereas in, like, San Diego or L.A. or Denver or wherever, there's hundreds of schools all over the place, and you just kind of got to go. and You can move around and find one that you want to be at and that you're comfortable at. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, that's pretty important, too. And I think that eventually I'll be moving somewhere to where I have more um, readily available access to people like you or, you know, the the people that I see as mentors in my life. Yeah, or you can just bring them to you. Yeah. See, you said that last time. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is it. blew my mind. <laughs> 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 or you just bring them to you. Mm. See, 
Yeah, that's a whole other ball of wax is, is hosting courses. And I guess that's similar to, you know, doing the podcast thing is just like fucking asking. You know, because if you don't ask, then you never, you never know. Right. See, now you fucked me up on that. Now I'm like all the way down that path. I was so focused on what we were just doing, and now you're like, no, bring them to you. And I'm like, oh. So now I'm thinking of all these possibilities. It's crazy. There it is. There it is. You Jeez. got to. <laughs> right on, man. Well, what else you got going on? Uh, not much, man. I'm I'm actually filling in. I'll be uh doing a, a a floor coach shift here at OPEX tonight. Okay. Um, yeah, just uh just trying to get it going, man. Just trying to. I got got some projects in the works, you know. Um, just trying to stay, trying to stay busy and uh and work towards my goals, but at the same time, not too busy, you know. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you need you need time to do stuff. That's what I'm talking about. Like reevaluating what your terms of success are. You know, yeah. So, and I think that having a good balance of time and business is in my opinion, incredibly successful. But some, you know, there's, I have a friend of mine in town who's just, every time I call her, she's like, oh, I'm booked for the next four weeks. I'm like, holy shit. All right. So I guess I'll see you around then. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. Tough. Yeah. Um, Everybody's got their own version of success, man. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's not an end point either, right? Like, and that's the other part. You, you talk to these, these, these people, at least the people that I look up to, that, that yeah. I consider successful, you know, and and these they don't ever stop working on trying to improve uh, or 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 get where they're trying to go, you know, like yeah, they're always working on something, and and uh, you know, and the, every, everyone will tell you have patience, you know, uh, and 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 that it's a process, you know, right, and 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 then there's other ones, man, that have 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 got what you think to be everything, and they're like, man, enjoy the process. I didn't take the time to enjoy the process, blah blah. And you'll hear that all the time, man. So yeah, I mean, trying to balance that, trying to balance that, um, um, you know, being in the moment with your Gary V, um, tendencies. You know, it's tough, man. But we're all just trying yeah. to work the best we can. Right. Uh, how much time you got? Uh yeah, I've got a little bit of time. Got like another Okay. Time. Yeah. So I got um I have this idea floating around in my head and I need you to tell me if I'm full of shit or not. Um so I uh have you know uh the Gray Institute, right? The the Gary Gray's interpretation of uh functional muscle function. Yeah. Yeah, so I you know, been trying to wrap my head around that for a couple of years now. And, and so, you know, what they're saying, the best interpretation of that is the purpose of the quad is to decelerate knee flexion. Right. And then, so, you know, trying to wrap my head around that, like what, what are we doing? Like if we're doing like a back squat, so the, the purpose of the muscles is to decelerate knee flexion. And then the glutes is to decelerate hip flexion. Um, and then I was talking to uh, Sue Falsoni the other day, and she was talking about how fascia is force production. So then my head starts thinking is if the nervous system and fascia are force producers, then 
muscles are decelerators. And then so, like, if you're doing a back squat, the muscles are decelerating you on the way down, and then the nervous system and the fascia are generating the torque and creating the power in order for you to stand back up. Okay. Does that does that make sense, or am I on the right track, or does that? Uh, to me, it sounds like a, it sounds like multiple different levels of people's hypotheses. Yeah. You know, um, and, and as much as I admire Jerry Gray and think Sue Falzone uh, are very smart people, um, you know, I, painting with a broad brush and saying that the <laughs> the quad is a is a, you know a decelerator, I think right. is, is inherently wrong. And anytime you're trying to like, um, and, and and I'm not sure the way they said it, right? So I can't. Right. You know, but um, or, or even or even just saying that you know, fascia is is a force producer. Um, right. I, uh, like it's not an active tissue. You know, right. I mean, I think I heard a clip when she was talking about it of that in relation to plyometrics. Right. right? Um. But it, oh, I mean, I don't think there's enough data out there as much as people would like. Um, relating fascia to all the wonderful properties that people sell it with, you know? Um, But if I'm going to, uh, at this point in this stage in the game, I'm going to go back to to our, uh, you know, the biomechanics 101 and go with, and go with that, then, then go off of Gary Gray or, uh, or Sue Falzone's interpretation of the fascial literature, because I really just don't think that there's a lot there to work with um, or the content, you know? Um, right. So I wouldn't beat yourself up over that. Well, I'm just like trying to. This is like part of how I assimilate all this information that I have just floating into my brain. You know what I mean? I'm just like, well, this is kind of how it's starting to make sense to me. So then I want to talk to other people and see what they think of what I think, and to think if I'm on the right track or not, or if I should just be focusing on other shit. Well, I think it depends on the context of the scenario that you're describing, right? So if you're talking about the back squat, the quads are in charge of a whole bunch of shit. Right. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> to, 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 to bring it back to their just, you know, decelerating knee flexion, uh, right. I, I think there's a whole lot more going on there than just decelerating knee flexion. Um, right. I mean, the body is inherently complex. Yeah, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm a biomechanist, uh, but I do have graduate level courses in biomechanics. And, right. Uh, I have uh, uh, I have studied a lot of Gary Gray's inf- uh, information, although I haven't uh, taken his any of his coursework uh, directly. Right. Um, and then the same thing with fascia, man. Like, I mean, we still have such a limited knowledge of the of how our fascia interacts with our bodies, especially in relation to training Um, and and, and definitely in relation to treatment that, I mean, at this point in time, everybody's just, everybody's, well, first people were using it as a way to say, you know what? I don't just just treat muscles. I treat fascia to be different. Right. Um, Right. And then they, a lot of people are using literature to defend what they're already doing rather than using literature to learn more about the human body. Um, right. And I think that that bandwagon, uh, a lot of people jumped on that bandwagon and, and, and jumped on it and then made fascia everything. But I mean, um, I mean, without muscles, what's producing your force? Right. 
you know? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, there's, 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 there's little itty bitty muscle fibers that are inside of fascia, but we're not even sure what that means yet. Like, you right. know, and the guy who found them or the guy who studies those in particular will also tell you, yeah, we found these, but we don't know much about it yet. You know, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very hesitant to put, well, I, I granted from a treatment perspective, um, I studied fascia a lot before. Um, yeah. From a clinical perspective, and then took courses from various um, various sources in relation to it. And when comparing the science and comparing to what the courses people are telling you, it's like there's no connection to okay, this is what this is what the science is telling us, and this is how this treatment is applied. Right. Um, there's not 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 relating it directly to fascia. Um, yeah. Not that I have found that super convincing. So, from a neurophysiological perspective, as far as treatment goes, absolutely. Right. Um, but personally, I'm not. I'm no longer on the on the fascia bandwagon. Um, and uh, and I think that. I mean, I also can't discount it either because I think the body's far too complex and we don't know enough about it yet. Right. Um, but I would be very right. hesitant to paint with a broad brush and say that you know, to, and to to make a claim. Um, in fascia and it being like our specific force producers when, I mean, I'm unaware of anything to substantiate that claim. But we do have plenty that talks about, you know, uh, uh, force production and tendons and when it comes to plyometrics and that kind of stuff. Uh, right. I would say more so than we do when it relates to fascia. Right. Uh, but even at, on that note, I mean, this is, um, this is getting into the week, really, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's like, yeah, so like I said, this is just a way that I'm trying to assimilate all this information that I'm having and make it have, make sense in my head. But then, you know, just hearing what you're saying, like there's a reason why people that study fascia are still studying fascia and people that are studying the nervous system are still studying the nervous system. You know what I mean? There's a reason why David S. Butler is still studying the nervous system is because he doesn't fully know how it works yet, but he has a more advanced knowledge than we do. And that's why we keep buying his books. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. so it's a, uh, I don't know. This is just an interesting thought that popped into my head, and I just kind of wanted to run it by you and see what you thought about it. Totally, man. You know, like I will go, I will go, I'll even go a step further. And, and, and as much as I'm desperately trying to get smarter clinically, yeah, the more and more I learn, the more and more I I, I realize how much the basics are important. And, and right. how simple, I mean, obviously, like, your assessment has to be as complex as you possibly, as necessary in order to have as simple a solution as possible. Right. Um, but it all comes back to the basics and simplicity in the end. And I think we all inherently, especially because we're running our own businesses, need to make a differentiator. Yeah. And so we work hard to seem different, especially right. those of us in our field that are in the business of selling education, um, we can't just sell, or even content, we're creating content, you know, we, we right. can't just say, well, I mean, it's getting to a point where if you did say simple things that you would be different than everyone else, because everybody else is, is uh, trying to make things so complex to differentiate themselves that they're um, over, they're overdoing it. I mean, they, right. it, it's just overly complex. They're, 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 they're painting with broad brushes um, uh, in, their, in, their, in how they're trying to describe what's happening. They're coming up with their 
their theories, um, their hypotheses, and, and uh, man, it's making a, it's running amok in the industry. It is. Yeah, and so I think that's why I appreciate. If you look on Instagram right now, at any given like you know like like quote unquote fit pro expert, you're going to see 10 million videos that are all different, and the reason they're different is because they're trying to differentiate themselves, not because they're trying to honestly show what is the most effective way for this or that. Because if you go back to being the most effective, then it's all going to come down to straight up basics. You know, right. That's why I appreciate uh, the functional range conditioning of Dr. Andrea Spina so much is because he makes complex information really simple. And he talks about, you know, like if you want your shoulder to work better, just like move your shoulder around. Like, and, you know, when people ask him what he does for a living, he says, I take your shit that doesn't work nice and I make it work nice. That's what I do. And that's what, that's the whole point that I try to get across to people because I can, you know, go into how your nervous system works or go into how your nervous system interacts with your whatever it is. But, like, the reality is, is that people don't – they people just want to get better, and that's why they come to you. They don't care about how much you know. They care about how much you can make them feel better. Mm-hmm. So, well, I don't know, man. I mean, shit, if, I'm, if my neck's hurt, man, um, you know, it, it, like like it was in the last week from training yeah. – um, you know, um, I just want to feel better. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so it's like, dude, if it was if it was something crazy, I'd try it. If I if there yeah. was a hope of it not fucking me up and making me feel better, um, right? You know, I've obviously got the internal bias of trying of, of being more of a on the evidence based side of things, but um, right. I don't think that's a bad bias to have. But um, no, you know, it's just you know, being a human though, when your neck hurts, it's like. Like, you know, people are against, are like, are like so against what they call big pharma that they don't want to take fucking Tylenol. Like, yeah. My neck felt like shit on Wednesday. Like last <laughs> yeah. Wednesday. You know, I took Tylenol. Yeah. I didn't feel bad right. about it either. <laughs> well, and it, it, yeah. it's moderation, right? So it's like, yeah. gluten and Tylenol in moderation. <laughs> so right. Like, if you, like, cause I take it, you know, there's times where I'm like, oh my God, I, yeah. raging headache and I need to go to bed. I'm just going to take my program to bed. That's like, that's fine. But as long as you're not, you know, eating thousands of milligrams a day, you'll be fine. You know what I mean? If you have it every once, every two or three months, you'll probably be okay. There's not going to be any right. health concerns arising from that, you know? Uh-huh. But, you know, if your neck's hurting you, man, go talk to our boy, Andy Shea. He'll hook you up. <laughs> or ice cream for that matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're eating ice cream every day, you'll probably tap it back. But if you have it like once once a month, even you're probably doing okay. So <laughs> my whole new thing about you know people in their diet because everybody's like on one bandwagon or the other, mm-hmm. and I'm I just tell people like if you eat good enough to where when you eat bad you feel like shit, then you're doing a good job. Like, so keep that up. <laughs> so, okay. you know, because if you, you know, eat your veggies, meats, and fruits, and whatever for three weeks, and then you go ham on a pizza, and you're like, ugh, I feel terrible, and then you just lay on the couch for like three hours, then you're on the right track. You're doing a good job with your diet. <laughs> That's how I see it. 
Yeah. That's a topic we can, we can get into forever, man. That I think Dude, that's another topic that we can get into forever that I think is severely over, overly complicated um, in the public. I think, like, I think, I honestly think, like, from a nutritional perspective, like, health and fitness professionals, that's another way where we're holding people back, you know? Yeah. Like, we're, we are, we are figuring out ways to tell people that they're fucked up um, and that uh, in order for us to provide them with our solution, you know, and it's so much more fucking simple or it can be, you know, right. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, and like, you know, coming from the world of CrossFit where they're, you know, like CrossFit's really interesting and I have, you know, I've been a part of it for a really long time and, uh, it's, there's, I'm just going to come out and say it. It's a, it's a really healthy way to have anxiety about things, in my opinion. And so, um, but they really are like, if you don't eat paleo, then you're not a crossfitter. Or if you don't eat zone, then you're not a crossfitter. And that, you know, talk about like complicated, making sure that you break up all of your nutrients into blocks and then make sure you have five blocks of this and three blocks of that. And you're just like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. It's yeah. just like super complicated. Just, you know, exactly. eat real, like eat real food that needs sunlight to survive and water to survive. Eat that stuff. You know, like, yeah, it is, it is crazy, man. And I think it's, it's, it's overly complicated. Um. Yeah. It, 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 because what? What? I mean, we really look back on it. What's the one of the main drivers of of what's hurting our society too is stress. You know. Yeah. We're, we're turning a subject that that's supposed to be trying to help somebody into into more just just monumental stress for people. Right. Um, you know. Um. Obviously, I think there's value in 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 certain people and certain populations um, for having very, very, very closely monitored and professional help with their diet. But I mean, it's it's getting to a point where um, it, it's everyone's being told that that uh, we're being told that nobody should do this, nobody should do that. Everybody should right. do this, everybody should do that. And then just when we were talking about uh, movement and stuff like that earlier, man, it all just comes back to fucking marketing, man. Like, oh, right. People are just people are just trying to sell shit. Um, yeah. And, and, and to get sold on their ideas. And then even when we were talking about, like, you and me, like, what's the best way to market? Like, we've been sold on the idea that social media is the only way, which is, is a really good way. Like I said, I'm only trying to post that down. And people are being told that the only way for you to lose weight is to be on the ketogenic diet. Or the only right. way for you to do X, Y, or Z. And I, I don't think we need to be so obsessive. Uh, matter of fact, we need to give people more options. You know, it's just like movement. We gotta give people more options to move. We stop demonizing one way and, and saying this is the one way and, and, and just only giving them one actual way to, to move and we need to give people more variability and options in their lives. I mean, obviously some people in certain clinical scenarios need to be, uh, reeled in a little bit, but over time we want to let go of all those, uh, those barriers and those, uh, those tie downs and we want to let people loose. Um, yeah. So they can live their lives, man. I agree, man. I've been talking yeah. about stress. Like, listening to people who are counting macros is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like, if they yeah. have a mocha, they're like, how yeah. many ounces of espresso were in there? And they're like, what? And then, oh, well, how much milk did you put in? And exactly 
how many ounces of chocolate chip did you just put in there? Because I need to count my macros. I'm like, just drink your fucking coffee. Just, like, drink it. It's okay. Unbelievable. All right, man. I think we're going to – I think we're going to – <laughs> I gotta get in here and get to coaching, but it was good talk, good hearing from you, brother. Yeah, it was good hearing from you too. I'll see you in November. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, brother. Bye.